rolling. Welcome to the Messenger Podcast. Our mission here at Messenger is to develop uncompromising followers of Christ who transform their world. So we want to use this podcast to share truths that will position you to experience God's best in your life and in your world. My name is Addison Bevere. I am your host today, and I have in the studio with me the Costa Rican nightmare, Mr. (laughs) David Gutierrez. Now, just for the record, he's not actually a nightmare, but he is a terror on the soccer field, and that's why we call him the Costa Rican nightmare. Are you sure it's not because I was a terror on the basketball court I, whenever I mean, you would post down low and I couldn't block you, so I just have to hack you <laughs> nonstop? Are you sure that's I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Let's stick with soccer, which is definitely right. your strength. All so right. You All are right. a terror on the soccer field. <laughs> so David has been a member of our team for almost 10 years and he's actually the producer of this podcast, but today I want him front and center because we all need to hear this message. He shared it with our team a couple of weeks ago and I wanted him to share it with you our listeners. And so David, before we get too serious, I need a fun fact from you. All right, fun fact. Here we go. So as you mentioned, I am from Costa Rica, so I was born and raised there. Costa Rican nightmare. That's right, on the basketball court. And anyway, I um, when I moved to the States, uh, my first language is Spanish, and so I actually didn't know how to speak English. I really didn't know very much at all. And I got thrown into public school, so I had to learn very quickly how to wow. speak English. And um, actually, the fun fact here is that it took me only about three months to learn it because it was such a full immersion. Like, there was no... I hadn't, like... Yeah, no other to option. do. I had to learn it. So I was immersed in it. I was around it all the time. And yeah, it took me about three months to like be fluent. Not fully, but like to really engage in stuff. Sure. It's just crazy. And it's crazy to think it's been, I've been here now well over 20 years in the States, but man, it's crazy. I Spanish. think there's a lesson there about fully immersing yourself in something, you know? Yeah, maybe maybe, so. maybe that's a future podcast. I think that's a good podcast <laughs> topic right there. I'll make a what note. do you think, Mr. Producer? Yeah, <laughs> yep, okay, I'll yeah. make a note. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to take up too much time. Let's dive into this message, David, and we'll come back afterwards and discuss it. Sounds good. One thing that we have noticed as a team here at Messenger, and I know for me specifically in my own life, like whenever there's a message that's getting ready to be released by the ministry or it gets released, man. I get tested. I get tested in what's being released. And that's because we were meant to be carriers of his word, you know, not just have head knowledge, but actually get tested so it gets inside of us. And so today I want to share with you about a little bit of that. So um, what I have found myself in this season, I've been actually afraid. I've been afraid to come to God for um, knowing, like come to him like openly. You know, sometimes you can come to God, but you're not really coming to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that there's stuff that has to be addressed, and you know he's not going to be silent about it because he loves us too much to leave us the way that we are, right? So he knows that there's stuff inside of us that's going to kill us or destroy us. That's the killing kryptonite message. There's a kryptonite that steals our strength, right? And God is not, um, he's not going to be passive about that stuff in our life. And so you know when you come to him that there's going to be some stuff addressed. And to be honest, I found myself afraid, afraid to do that, afraid to come, knowing that I'm probably going to get called out <laughs> on a few things. And it's so much more comfortable to stay in the dark or in the back um, and not actually come full force and just allow that transforming power. And so the message that I want to share with you today, I think God has given me this message in this season um, as, I've, as I've struggled with that, um, because I, I think he's encouraging me and I think encouraging us 
that we don't have to be afraid to come. There's nothing but good. It might not feel comfortable. Yeah, there might be some pain involved, but it's still ultimately for our good. And so what he shared with me was a process of what that looks like when you come to him. And the scripture that he really has been putting in my, my spirit for the last two weeks, I just haven't really gotten past it. It's in Romans 6 and verses 9 and 11. That's where I want to start. And it says this, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, this is the part where he's been really dealing with me about. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. In that specific verse, though, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. God has been bringing me back to a story, uh, to a time period when, um, when I first joined this discipleship program. It was a few years back. Um, in this discipleship program, you work really hard. And you're there, basically, you sign up for nine months to serve the church. Whatever they need, you do it. That's what you were there for, which is awesome. It's one of the greatest things I ever experienced because you got to experience serving and all of that. So anyway, the first week you get there, it's in Arizona. It was in October. You would think October is like our fall weather, really nice and cool. No, no, it's still in the 90s in October, so it's still hot. It's like you felt like you left summer because I lived in Idaho, and then you came to Arizona, and you got back into summer. It was, it was terrible. And... Um, so we had to work hard, and one specific day, we had to clean out all these different properties of, like, overgrown brush. And the brush over there isn't, like, really nice, soft um, grass. We're talking weeds that are way stuck in the ground. It's desert. It's hard ground. It's just hard work. So we did all this work all day. And I, I remember that first week, they told us um, at this discipleship program, they said, listen, nobody knows where you came from. So it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. This is a fresh start for you, and you get to decide who you want to become. And I remember that just kind of stuck with me. And so in this work day, we've been working all day. We're tired. It's at the end of the day. And um, there was multiple properties we had to clear brush from. And so the leader pulls all the fellas together. And he's like, guys, are we, are we done? Like, are we done? Did we pick up all the properties? And all the guys kind of started looking at each other like, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. We're done. Yes, yes, we're done. And that means we're going to go home. And that's when I remember in that moment I realized, you know what? I want to be known for being a hard worker. I want to I be known for being somebody who's, who's trustworthy and who is going to speak the truth and, and just being a hard worker and not being afraid to work hard. And in that moment, I decided I'm going to consider myself a hard worker. And, of course, I said, nope, we're not done yet. We still got this one property over here. And I wasn't very popular in that moment with the guys, right? And, um, but I just remember in that moment that I decided I was going to do that. And ever since then, I've been known for that, like especially in that program. One of the things that people always describe me as is like, well, he's one of the hardest workers. He's one of the hardest workers. Why? I considered myself a hard worker and actually became that. And I feel like this is what God is saying in that scripture in Romans 6, that we are to consider ourselves dead to sin or dead to anything that steals our strength, anything that's not of God and alive to, to God. And in that story, I, I remember just making that decision and then watching what God did and empowering me to do that. Now, what, what I want to go back to, I want to go back to that scripture. Um, in different translations, it says that, one translation, ESV says, consider yourselves. Other translations, it says, reckon yourselves dead to sin, or count yourself dead to sin. And when I did a study on the Greek word for consider, it's actually a finance or an accounting term. It's a term that denotes a, a factual fact. For example, I can sit here and tell you that 
that I have you know, $5,000 in the bank. That's great if I say that, but if you were to look at my bank account and I only got $1,000 in the bank, the truth is I only got $1,000 in the bank. There's a, there's, there's a fact attached to that. This word denotes that type of fact. This is actually an accounting term that's, that's delineating about what was in our bank account before, which was debt. We actually owed the unpayable debt. <laughs> we had nothing in the bank, and we owed the unpayable debt and God cleared that, right? And that what he's put in our bank account is everything that he's provided. It's his bank account. So it's almost looking at it like this. It's almost like if you want to do a, a, a business venture, you wanted to start up a company, you wanted to go into something and do a business venture, and you would come to God and he would be the investor. He would be the one to provide you with the, the capital to do that. What God is saying in this verse is you need to consider yourselves in the, in the light of what has already been done. What's in your bank account, spiritually speaking, is unlimited because God's placed it there. And when he's saying you need to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God, anything that you choose to put yourself um, into, anything you choose to become that is in line with the word of God, he's going to back it. He's going to invest in that. In fact, he's already provided it for you and it's already there. You don't have to go and create a presentation and do a sales pitch and try to get him to convince him to provide that for you. It's already there. The moment you say, I'm going to be like Christ in any arena, whatever it is, the provision has already been provided. And that's what I feel like God's been sharing with me. It's like, why are you afraid to come to the light? Do you not see or understand what's actually been provided for you? You have all that you need. You're not going to fail. You're not going to fail in becoming who you need to be. I'm not going to fail in turning you into who I've created you to be. But we have to step in. We can't hold back, right? So I want to look at Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Because this is speaking of that, of that backing of God, what he has provided. This is the scripture, and this is what it says. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. That word guarantee can also be um, translated as a down payment. He says, I'm investing in this and, and I'm going to let you know that I'm investing in it and the way I'm investing by giving you the down payment, if you will, of this, my approval of you becoming like my son is I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you a person the Holy Spirit is the one who is our guarantee that we can become whatever that he's called us to become, right? So in Hebrews 10, 9, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. And I love that. I love that he's called the Spirit of Grace because that means that he is the executor of grace in our life, right? So grace is the empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our own natural ability. That's what the grace of God does in our life. And the Holy Spirit is the one that actually executes that. So God has provided in the person of the Holy Spirit the ability for us to, to be like his son. To consider ourselves dead to sin in a life to God in whatever arena. In whatever arena. And the Holy Spirit is the one that actually causes that to happen. If you will, he's the one that signs off on the check. So if you want to go into this business venture of being a hard worker, well, that's in line with my word. And I've destined you to be a hard worker and loyal, these things. So I'm going to sign the check and provide the spiritual provision for you to actually acquire that, if that makes, if that makes any sense. And so I want to look at 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, because this kind of gives you the, the picture of how the divine nature and the power and the grace of God all work together here. So 
by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So everything we need for giving a godly life has been done and provided by his divine power. We have received all this by coming to know him. So it's through through the knowledge of him, through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. That's his word. That's his word. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by sinful desires. So we get to be in the likeness of God in his divine nature, right? Through his word, through what he has provided. And the Holy Spirit is the one that executes that in our life. And that's why Jeremiah 1.12 says that God looks over his word to perform it. So basically, anytime you decide, I'm going to consider myself dead to sin and alive to God. In any arena, and I gave you my example of becoming a hard worker, right? God's saying, hey, that's, that's going to look like my son, so I'm watching over that action. That's my word. I'm going to make sure that it's performed through the Holy Spirit and through the grace, through the grace of God. So I, I keep thinking of the picture of, of Peter in the boat. When Peter was in the boat and Jesus was walking on water, remember he was walking by and the disciples cried out and Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, you know, bid me come, ask me to come and I'll come. And, the whole, and, and Jesus said, come. With the words, come, right? With that command was the power for him to walk on water. Here's the interesting thing. He could not walk on water as long as he was in that boat. There was no power for him to walk in, in, on water while he was in the boat. And the way I picture it, if you will, like if you can imagine this being the boat, right? The edge of this being the boat, and inside of it, there's no power here. But just outside of it, there's like this realm of power that's available. And at any point of any place in the boat where he would have chosen to step out, he would have stepped into the grace, the power, the guarantee, the the Holy Spirit going, yeah, I'm going to sign off on that check and provide that for you. Now you're going to be able to walk on water. Because it was in line with what God desired. And it came through, through his word. And I, I, the, another picture I get with that is, is like, if you imagine an opera house, right, that's dark and filled and the stage is black. And then they shine that one light, the spotlight on the one center of the, of the stage. It's like everything else is dark, but you see the light. It's almost that. It's like... Where God's power is, is where his light is, is where his word is, right? And as long as we're in the darkness, we're not in it. But the moment we step into it, it's like we walk into that realm and everything that we need is provided. And I love the scripture in Psalms 119, 130, and it says that the entrance of your word brings light. And I love that. You enter into the light and the light gets into you. There's something about when you enter into the light before God that his light, his power, his nature gets on the inside of you. It's like, it's not you're just in the light and the darkness within you stays. It doesn't. It goes away. That's why that scripture that Jesus mentioned about the, um, if your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. It's talking about your perception. If you see things right, then your whole, li- your whole body is full of life. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body is filled with darkness. And how deep is that darkness, right? It's all about the perception. When we step into the light, we see things as we ought to see because the light gives us the ability to see it. And I love that the entrance of his word inside is what brings that light. It brings that revelation. And so with that in mind, let's read Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, and I'll wrap it up, okay? And this is Paul praying for the Ephesian church. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened or flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation 
to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power that is in us who believe. That's talking about that immeasurable and unlimited power that's available. That's that bank account that, he has, that we have access to. And anytime we decide, I'm going to become what you called me to become in the spirit, God says, I'll write a check for that. You have the power for that. Or imagine it like the realm, like in the boat, or even the light. You're stepping into that light, and the light gets inside of you, and the ability of the grace of God is inside of you to be able to do it. The Holy Spirit's there in you to create that, to cause that to happen, and you can leave whatever you've been hanging on to that steals your strength. Whatever you've been afraid to expose in the light, you can leave it behind in the dark, turn from it and come into the light because the light gets into you and there is this amazing process that happens. It's this amazing invitation that God has called us to that we get to be made in his likeness. And so I just want to finish with these few statements because I think, I think seriously, it's as simple as just making a decision because that's all it did for me. I made a decision in my heart. I didn't tell anybody that I'm going to be a hard worker. And it became because God empowered me in it. He taught me things through it. No, there's processes that come from it, but he provided everything I needed for me to be able to do that. So just a few statements of truth here. Ready? If you've struggled with anger before, consider yourself patient and peaceful. If you've struggled with lust before, consider yourself pure. If you've struggled with insecurity, consider yourself confident. If you've thought, I'm not a good mom, consider yourself a good mom. If you've thought, I'm not a good dad, consider yourself a good dad. If you've thought, I'm not a good husband or wife, consider yourself a good husband or wife. If you've thought, I'm not a good son or daughter, consider yourself a good son or daughter. Step into everything that God has destined for you to become. And God's backing is upon you. It's already there for you. David, I love that you ended with Ephesians 1.19. I want to read it again for our listeners. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. And earlier in the message, you referenced verse 14, where Paul talks about this idea of a down payment. And that Greek word can also be translated like an engagement ring. And when I think of engagement, I think of a marked shift toward a future reality. And let me, let me explain. When Julie and I got engaged, we obviously weren't married yet, but there was a heightened level of commitment, and things had just changed. Things were different. And there's an extraordinary amount of tension in that engagement season because you're in that weird in-between phase. All couples who have navigated engagement yes. know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think this is what Paul is describing in Ephesians when he calls to mind the engagement metaphor. We need to learn how to live in the tension and not run from it. When we embrace the tension, we step into God's light and grace, positioning ourselves to experience the reality of being fully his. This is that whole idea of stepping into the light, being known as he, being known as we are, being yeah. intimate with God, yeah. seeing how he sees us, interacting with him, experiencing him. And really, at the end of it, isn't that what it's all about? Being, yeah. being known by him and knowing him. And now, David, you mentioned that the Holy Spirit executes grace or the power to transform our lives. Talk a bit more about the connection between the power and the Word of God. Yeah, so in my study as I was preparing for the message, and I, I've known this before, actually something that John wrote in a book, an earlier book called Extraordinary. 
And uh, he mentions it, and it's it's a scripture out of Hebrews 1.3. It talks about Jesus. It talks about him being the radiance of the glory of God, talking about the light right there, and the exact imprint of his nature. So the nature of God right there, Jesus, the express image of it, and the Holy Spirit is the one that executes his grace in us or his nature in us. Mm. And then it says, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power, yeah. which is a very interesting way to put that verse. It doesn't say by the power of his word, which you would think, that's how it should read, but it actually means, or reads the exact way, the word of his power, which means not that his word is powerful, rather that all the power of God is wrapped up in his word. Mm. And just that whole idea of that, whatever God has promised in his word, in his written word, or when he speaks or reveals something to you, within those words is the ability or the provision or the power to become or to do whatever he's asked you to do. It's the same thing that happened with Peter. He was in that boat. Jesus said, come, and now all of a sudden, he has the ability to the walk power on water. As you said, the power was available to him when he got out of the boat. Right, and it came through the word come. That's right. Before the word was given, that I don't believe that power was available yet to him, but now it's so accessible. He just sunk. If he would have just jumped out of the boat and started running toward Jesus before Jesus said, come to me, Peter, you're saying he would have sunk in the water. I, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. I do. So I, so what's amazing, though, is the word of God is there for us. All the promises of God are there. And that scripture in Peter that talks about that we get to experience his nature yeah. and the knowledge of him, it's through his word. And it also reminds me of the scripture in Second Corinthians that talks about the promises of God. It says, for as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are all answered yes so through him, we say our amen to the glory of God. So yeah, I love that. it's there. Like God's already said, yes, he's already provided it. The word is there for us. And when we access it and understand it, then we can become whatever he's called us to become. That is so good. Okay. So you talked about this idea of becoming whoever you want to become the leader and the program that you're in. He said, guys, doesn't matter who you've been. Doesn't matter where you come from. This is a new season. Talk more about that idea of becoming whatever you want to become. Yeah, so, I mean, just a simple, that was just a really simple thing that just stuck with me. And my wife, uh, I met her there at that discipleship program, so mm -hmm. we both went through it together. And and we've actually carried that into our life with our sons, um, into our marriage. Actually, we've been married uh, 10 years as of last week. And um, But this whole concept of everything we need is there. It's available to yeah. us. and that we can become whatever we want to become is available to us at any time. Right. So on a daily practical basis, there's been days where my wife and I have just not done well. Like we, you know, been arguing. We've all been there. Yeah. We've argued. We just had a rough day or whatever. And then we just stop and go, can we just start over? Can we just start <laughs> our day over? I know this was weird, but it's 6 p.m. Yeah. Just, it's just, it hasn't been a great day. Can we just, seriously, let's just start over like our day just started again. Yeah. And we have experienced the mercy of God and the grace of God in that moment to just start over. I've done that with my sons. I did that with my son just two nights ago. He was being disobedient. He was not stopping. And he got disciplined, and, and he just kept going. And finally, I was like, hey, bud, can we just can we start over? And he just says, like, thank you, Dad. eyes lit up. <laughs> and the change was amazing, like nothing right. had ever happened. And so just that whole concept of we have this, ab this ability with God because of what he's provided, the fact that the Holy Spirit's with us at yes. any moment of any given day. And I'm talking down to the practicality of at 6 p.m., if you've had a rough day, you right. can literally say, you know what, I'm going to start over mm, and good. just go ahead and start over and just see the life change 
that can happen even from that simple concept. I think that's why it's so important that we realize that God's mercies are new every morning. Mm, yep. He is constantly looking for ways to extend mercies to us. And that's why he says, look, when that sun comes up first yeah. thing in the morning, remember, my mercies are new every morning. So or if you're looking at the Jewish day, doesn't the Jewish day begin at the end? It actually right? does. Yeah, so, in the evening. Hey, when the sun goes down, yes. when the sun goes down, my mercies are new for you. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much. Of course. This is a phenomenal message. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. We love to hear from you. So let us know how these messages and conversations are impacting you. We would so appreciate it if you'd rate the show or write a review. And if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends. We look forward to being with you again in two weeks. Until then. Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. And be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.